Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. See how you did our little quiz this morning. Okay. According to popculture.com, fifteen biggest inventions in the last hundred years. Um, refrigerators for home use. Uh, so having a refrigerator. Uh, Nineteen twenty-seven. The television. Uh, Nineteen. Uh, the motion pictures with sound. Motion pictures with sound. So movies with sound important. Um, records like LPs. And uh, those were re- invented in 1948. Uh, 1945, the microwave was invented. Microwave. Uh, 1913, the zipper. Uh, so just uh, steel or plastic zippers. Um, 2003, um, the BlackBerry 6210, the first mainstream smartphone. So smartphones, uh, invention of smartphones. Um, 1950, alkaline batteries, batteries number, 1938, the ballpoint pen, uh, 2001, the iPod, Alan Walker was the first person I ever met with an iPod, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Alan always has the newest gadgets and things, and so, you know, if you want to see where trends are going, talk to Alan. Uh, uh, 1917, radio tuners, 1930, jet engine, uh, 1975, digital camera, uh, 1938, nuclear fusion. Uh, 1983, Commodore 64 or the personal computer. Um, and 1969, the internet as number one. The internet. Okay, tally up how you got. How many you got on our little uh, quiz this morning? How many people got at least six? How many you got at least six? Seven, eight. How many did you guys get? Eight. Anyone beat eight? Give a hand to our avant-garde table at the back there. They just kind of know what's going on with change. Okay, so here's what I want you to talk about. So maybe you've been at community for two weeks, or maybe you've been at community for 12 years. What's uh, some of the changes, which is not necessarily within the church, but in your life since starting community church? What are some big changes that's happened in your world since you began here? Go. So many things change so rapidly. I, I think back even to when we started. I used to try and do little video clips all the time with my messages. And, and for some of the younger people in the crowd, they'll be like, what? But I actually, it was pre-doing it digitally. It wasn't just really feasible. And so even when we started community, I used to use VHS tapes were easier than even DVDs because you could line them up. So I, I used old school VHS tapes and I'd get little movie clip pieces from parts, and I'd watch the movie and set it right up, and, and it'd be perfect. I remember the one Sunday I said, okay, I said, Paul, he's in the sound booth. I said, whatever you do, you need to stop it at this time. So there's a little counter on the VHS tape, and he got busy and forgot in the sound booth, and there was a lot of expletives in the little <laughs> video clip, and 
And then he, he was like, listen, he's like, oh, I was supposed to stop it. So then he stops it right there. And that's all people remembered. And the, the whole service, it was like, people were like, Jason, what kind of clip? You know, what's wrong with you? You know, moments that have changed over time and how things have, uh, have, have been made different and how things, as we begin this process, I remember our first website had Flash in it. And Flash was cutting edge at the time. And I had all these people call me how did you get Flash on your website? That was so cutting edge and killer. It had this guy jumping like this. They would go back and forth. It was killer. It was awesome. <laughs> in the early days, you know, changes that take place in our lives. Change is difficult sometimes. Change, you know, everyone says, oh, I love change. I love change till it affects you personally. And sometimes it's, it's challenging. In this past week, as I've, you know, considered, and, and it's been a real whirlwind, to be honest with you. But as I think about community, and I think about my life, and Carla, and the kids, as we, we journey with what we believe God has for us, scripturally, it's just so many times you see this transition and change in, in scripture, and, and the idea of being faithful to God in the midst of it. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to uh, the book of De- Deuteronomy, not one that we turn to all that often. Deuteronomy 31, and we read this story of the transition of Moses to Joshua. So Moses has been leading the people. Moses has been the one um, that literally for their entire lives, most of them see what had happened is Moses had, had led them out from the rule of the Egyptians. They'd been under slavery from Egyptian rulers for, for literally generations. And, and so they come to this spot in their lives. They come to this moment when God uses through Moses him to bring freedom. It's not easy. There's the plagues they go through. There's the crossing of the Red Sea. There's moments in the wilderness that are extremely difficult. They think they're going to, you know, they're going to starve to death. And then God comes in this amazing supply of manna. They think they're going to, for lack of water, and God takes water from a rock. And he takes and brings sweetness from water. Just incredible miracles, like time after time after time. They've lived in this whole world of, under Moses' leadership, seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And God's come through in incredible ways. This idea of the promised land. They were close at one time and they sent these 12 spies out to check out the promised land. And they came back and out of the 12, 10 of them were very fearful and wouldn't move forward. And Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, were faithful and said, okay, we can do this. God's with us. As a result, God said, okay, you guys are going to wander till that whole generation kind of is gone. And so we pick this story up where that whole generation, so this whole generation that's been alive, all they've ever known is Moses' leadership. All they've ever known is Moses. Moses, this guy that, that, that talked with God. Moses, this guy that, that had heard from God, that had actually communicated face to face. This is like his leadership has been, uh, they've seen so many things take place. But now it's time and the Lord said, Moses, you're not going into the promised land. Now imagine how difficult this is for Moses. His whole leadership has been predicated on the fact that this is where we're going. And the Lord says, no, Moses, it's bigger than your story. 
Moses, it's bigger than your journey. And, and so he says, I want you to take in front of all the people. And so he pulls Joshua out in front of the entire crowd. It's not this kind of secretive backroom deal. It's, but Joshua has been living with a faithfulness over his life, has been serving. And, and the Lord brings Joshua up. And as Moses begins to speak to him, it says, then Moses went out and spoke these world words to all of Israel. He speaks to the fact that he's older now and that he's not going to be the one to cross over and take possession of the land. But he comes with these words. He says, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Not one time does he say it, but in fact, three times in three different ways. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. He says, Joshua is going to lead you. Joshua is going to bring you into this moment of the promised land. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because the Lord will go with you. He then comes later in Deuteronomy 34, as Moses has died, now Joshua, son of Nun, it says, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. I like that. That there was this conference of blessing. There was this moment when, when in front of all the people, Moses had acknowledged, okay, I'm not your leader anymore. Joshua is going to take you. And Joshua did as the Lord had called him to do. Moments of change, succession of leadership. Matthew eleven twelve says this, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, forceful men lay hold. In other words, it's not just stagnant, it's not static, just staying still, but constantly we need to go forward with what God has for us. And it says those who, who are holding after what God has, they're just gonna go, it's, it's intentional, it's forceful. It's saying, I'm not just gonna hang back and wait, but I'm gonna go after what God has. Proverbs 4, verse 25 and 26 says, let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the, the path for your feet and your ways will be established. In other words, keep focused on what God has in this idea of motion, this on the path in the head and your feet in front of you, this idea that we're not supposed to be static, but it's change. Romans 8 verse 11 to 13 says, don't get so absorbed into this world that, that we, we lose track and we kind of get off base on, on things oblivious to God. It says, the night is about over. Dawn's about to break. Be awake to what God's doing. In other words, don't just get so consumed with the everyday things of life that we're not in step and, and where God wants to take us, listening to his voice, listening to what he wants to do in our lives. Lamentations uh, 3, verse 22 and 24 say this, the steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They're new every morning. And I like this, it combines this. It says, great is your faithfulness. This idea of, hey, there's gonna be changes. Hey, there's gonna be newness. Hey, there's gonna be new things come along, but... I'm a faithful God. Put your hope in him. And I like how God puts those two things together. Listen, he sandwiches it. Here, it's about my love. Yep, there's gonna be new things that come along, but don't worry, I'm a faithful God. And this idea that God is with us as we walk through these. One more verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, we are to keep walking. There's a journey. It's not stagnant. It's not static. We're, we're continually to be in motion. But what? not just by what we, we see, but instead we have to take sometimes faith steps and say, okay, God, I got to trust you. God, I don't, ha I don't understand it all. I don't have it, but I'm going to trust that, God, you're big enough and that you're strong enough and that you're leading and that you're guiding over my life.
What do I see from this transition, this succession of Moses to Joshua? I see that the nation shines during change, that it doesn't just, it doesn't say, oh, Moses, Moses brought us out from this. Moses brought this new, new thing and, oh, it's never gonna be the same. It's never gonna be as good. But in fact, they actually shine. They actually go to the promised land. They go further and, and greater than even under Moses' leadership. They see more victory than under Moses' leadership. They see a great new day. They shine during change. They don't just survive the change. They don't just kind of get through. They don't just plateau, but they shine during that change. How do you shine during change in your life? To not just get through it or kind of sustain but actually thrive during change. How do you do that in your life? A couple things. Number one is understand that all leaders have a season. This is hard. I can imagine Moses. Imagine he's like, God, I've been leading these people for 40 years. I've walked with them. I've walked through, through change and, and literally a generation has passed. I've, you know, I've been a part of their lives, God. God, you've spoken to me about the promised land and God, I've lived with that promise over my life and, and yet God says, Moses, your season's done. Every leader has a season. Remember the Apostle Paul, he writes and he says this in 1 Corinthians 3.16, he says, I, Apostle Paul, I planted and then Apollos watered, but it's God that brought the growth. And to understand that there's a season even over Paul's leadership, he says, I, I couldn't be the guy to do this. I, I, here's was my job and then, then that's for Apollos to do. Do you remember David and Solomon and David so desperately wanted to build uh, the temple and he was, he was all about that and God said, no, 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 no. David, you're gonna see victories and you're gonna see amazing things, but actually it's gonna be Solomon that builds the temple. David, it's not for you to do. It's not for you to, to get the fullness of that. Every leader has a season. See, recognize the mission and opportunity in each season that exists. I look at my life and I think the Lord's probably gifted me for certain areas of leadership. I probably have some entrepreneurial gifting on my life to see things, you know, get started and get rolling over my life. There's lots of other leaders that are valuable in other areas. Sometimes we need to recognize the timing of each season. Moses, it was his time. We also need to recognize that God's plan is bigger than just one of us. You know what's amazing about this promised land narrative? It, it, that God had given it to Abraham back long ago. That, that actually in Genesis 35 over Isaac and J Jacob, there's a purpose and, and said the promised land's gonna be there. That the story was bigger than any one of them. And God in his wisdom says, okay, Jason, the story's bigger than you. The story of community church. Jason, uh, or for any one of us, the story's bigger than just you. There's a bigger narrative at work. Sometimes I get frustrated with that. See, every leader's got a season. 
I desperately, desperately wanted to get us to a spot where we were in a new facility. Once again, the building is not the church. People are the church. But understanding, hey, this is something. And we got so close so many times. Like we were hours, you know, away from, from, from a deal. And then it just, there's been moments and God says, okay, Jay, under your leadership, there's different spots. You know what I mean? Every leader's got a season. A year ago, uh, this past week, Carla and I, we went to some friends of ours in Florida, and it was uh, my wife's best friend growing up. It was her 40th birthday party. And so we went to this birthday party, and there were some other of her friends. She actually flew in 40 of her friends for her 40th birthday party from around the world. And so a bunch of our friends that we haven't seen in a long time, people live in all sorts of different places, were there. And on the Sunday morning, uh, we had this great opportunity, and, and then we had some prayer time with some others during the week, and, and we just had this time where we were praying, seeking God's face, and, and one of our good friends, his name's Al, Al Derry, and, and he's been influential in our lives, and, and he's planting a church out in the West Coast in Vancouver area, and he was praying for Carla and I, he said over Carla and I's life, he said, I really believe that God actually said within this next year, he said, like, mark the date, he said, within this next year, God's going to bring a transition season in your life. I don't know what it looks like, he said. I just want you to be open to whatever God would do. And so we were like, okay, we just, you know, received that. And, and over this last year, it's been incredible where God's just like opened up all these opportunities continually throughout the last year where it's like every few weeks, it felt like we got a new job offer and all different things from political to business to church world to to other churches all sorts of different things and it was like every single time it was like God said nope you know as we prayed about it, closed door closed door closed door and it was easy to say no and right before Christmas when we got this phone call and I went and met with uh, Lori Gibbons who was here with us last week he's our leader and he said Jay this is a job that you know we feel that God might have his hand in for you to do. I remember going home, and as soon as I got home, Carla's like, he offered you, and she knew exactly what he was going to offer, and she started to cry, and she was like, I feel like this is what God's calling us to do. And I was like, oh. And when we were on holidays, we just kind of parked it because Christmas was upon us. And as we were on holidays, and we're wrestling through all of this, because if you know our hearts, we love this place more than you can imagine. And we love you as people more than you can imagine. And um, so we're wrestling. The kids are in the backseat. We're driving to Florida. And kids are in the backseat. And they got TV or whatever on. Not a best parenting moment. But anyways. <laughs> and so they got headphones on. And, and Carl and I are just praying. And we're just, we're just, we're just seeking God's face. And, and so... As we're driving, we're praying, and, and Al Derry, the same guy from last year, he calls and he says, okay, um, he just said, I'm just praying for you guys. Maybe there's a transition happening in your life. He doesn't know anything about what's going on. Right at that moment, we didn't text him back or anything. We just, just left that text there and fast forward again. It was a week ago Wednesday that we had to make this kind of decision. And on the Tuesday, he called and he said, Jay, he said, I just, 
can't get you off my heart. He's like, is there some kind of, he said, it just like God's speaking to me. He said, there's like some transition wrestling with in your life. And he said, you know, he said, as I was just praying this morning, he said, I looked back over my notes. He said, it's exactly a year tomorrow that I gave you that word over your life that, w- that in one year, God would do something kind of neat. And I'm like, oh Lord. <laughs> it's kind of neat that God knows ahead of time, right? There's a season to things. The night that Carla, we got invited to do this new job, Carla got a call from a friend of ours who was living in Australia at the time. And he said, and he would 99% of the time call me, not Carla. And, and, but that night he called Carla and he said, uh, it was morning there, night here. And he called and he said, oh, my wife, Elise and I, we were praying. And he said, you know, we just want to support. You had talked, he said to Carly, he said two years ago about bringing worship to Northern Ontario, to places that didn't have, you know, musicians or, or singing. And, and he just talked about that. And we were just praying this morning. We just want to get behind that and support that. And it was kind of neat the exact day that we got invited to go back to the North, a conversation from two years previous that God had put it on someone's heart. Why do I say all that? I say, and there's been so many of those moments, and I, there are probably 15 of those moments. I'm fairly thick. God takes a bit to get my attention. <laughs> but every leader has a season. And I bet you gutted Moses to do that in front, to, 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 even though he loved Joshua, even though he loved, but, but he knew that God, there was a season. And in our lives, God says, hey, Ecclesiastes 3.1, for everything there's a season, a time for every matter under heaven. All leaders have a season, number one. Secondly is every season has challenges. Under Moses' leadership, there was incredible challenges. They had no food, and God brought manna. They didn't know where they were going, and God said, okay, I'm going to direct your path in this supernatural, like beyond crazy supernatural miracle. But there was challenges. And under Joshua's leadership, likewise, he said, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be challenges. He starts the whole thing off and says, okay, everyone, Joshua is going to be the leader. And I want to tell you right off the bat, there's going to be big challenges. But I want to remind you that God is faithful. See, there will be walls and obstacles. Instantly, they had Jericho to, to, to go over. There was obstacles in front of them. And I want to tell you today, for community church, there'll be walls and obstacles. There'll also be giants in opposition. There was the Nephilim. There was, they had to take on this, like they, they felt like they were grasshoppers compared to them. But yet God brought them through. There's going to be change in uncharted territory that comes along with it. And they went to an area that they've never been before. And I want to tell you, community church, there'll be moments and there'll be spots where I, God will take you where you've never been before into uncharted territory. Say thank you that you've walked with me through lots of it thus far. But there'll be new uncharted territory. You know, under Moses' leadership, they came to the Red Sea, whoosh. He just put out the staff and God did this incredible miracle. But instantly under Joshua's leadership, the very first thing, okay, you got to cross the Jordan River. Oh, and by the way, it's at flood stages right now. In other words, it's like crazy sweeping. And under Moses' leadership, 
stuck out the staff and it just kind of happened before anyone touched a drop of water. But under Joshua's leadership, the Lord said, okay, I want you to get in and take the ark and start going in. And it starts getting deeper. And they're like, I'm sure everyone's like, that's not how Moses did it. Uh, It's quite a bit safer on how Moses did it than how Joshua did it. Does this guy really know what he's doing? It looks like we're going to get drowned. It looks like we're going to get swallowed. And then God comes through. There's going to be uncharted territory and new ways of doing things and different ways of doing things. And there'll be moments when it's like, are we drowning? Every season has its challenges. And it reminds us to stay faithful. It reminds us to trust God in the midst of it. Isaiah 43 says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. All leaders have a season. Every season has its challenges. And then finally this morning, every season requires strength. I think it's kind of neat that he spoke to Joshua through Moses. And three times he says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Be strong. And then the Lord once again reaffirms this to Joshua on his first day of leadership in Joshua chapter one. Once again, comes three times uh, in three different ways. He tells him to be strong and courageous. The first time he speaks to Joshua in Joshua 1.6, he says, be strong and courageous, and he bases it on a promise. He said, because I've sworn this to, to your forefathers in the land. In other words, he says, Joshua, be strong and courageous because the promises of God over your life are great. We need to live by the promises of God. There'll be moments that are challenging. There'll be moments that are fearful, but we need to understand words that have been spoken over this house that are great. That God actually has destiny. We need to speak and, and remind ourselves of the truth of God and the promises to come back to the vision that God laid out, the, the plan that God has for our lives. Be strong based on promise, but also the second time he comes to me, he says, be strong and courageous. This time it was about obedience in verse seven and eight. He says, obeying the law, be strong and courageous. See, there's something about when we walk in obedience, there's blessing. When we walk in obedience, there's protection. There's freedom. Joshua 3, 5 says, sanctify yourselves. In other words, get things right in your heart for God wants to do wonders amongst you. Be strong and courageous based on his promises, but also on obedience. And then the third way he comes to him in Joshua 1.9, and he says, don't be terrified, don't be discouraged, for the Lord will go with you wherever you go. In other words, in his presence. Be strong and courageous based on his presence. And I want to tell you, community church, we need the presence of God. We need to experience, we need to... We need to draw close to the Lord and say, okay, God, I need to seek you over this next season. Next weekend, as we have our refresh weekend, it's, it's important that we seek the presence of God. Change is tough. I think I've cried more this week than I have collectively in the last five years, you know what I mean? There's been moments of where, and I'm sure for Moses, it was similarly. But I hold to the fact that if God's calling you to do something, then there's great things in store. 
And likewise for community church, I believe that over this next season, that God's not just going to allow you to maintain or, or get by, but actually to shine and change. To recognize that every leader's got a season. To recognize, hey, there's going to be challenges ahead, but, but, but in the strength of God, we can be strong and courageous. When we understand that it's about his promise over our lives, we understand when we walk in the obedience that he's called us to live, and when we say, okay, God, I want to live with your presence, it just says, okay, we got strength. We can go forward. Nothing to worry about. Maybe personally you're experiencing some changes in your life right now. I want to encourage you to shine during the change and see what God will have in store. Can we pray? Mighty God, we come before you this morning and God, I say thank you that you don't call us to just leave us stagnant or static, but God, you're always working, that your blessings are new every morning, that God, your presence is carrying us and and directing us every step of the way. So God, this morning over this house, Lord, I I, I, I just speak that they would shine during change. That it wouldn't be just a survival during change, it wouldn't just be a maintenance during change, but it'd actually be a shining during this change. just with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in the house and maybe personally you are going through in some big changes in your world and it's been difficult maybe a little bit and you just say, Lord, help me to, to actually shine during this change in my life. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you in the house and you say, yeah, Jay, would you just be praying for me in this season? Just kind of look up at me and yeah. Lots of us in this house. Lord, you see these ones? God, I just pray, God, that you would remind them as you did Joshua. You didn't just remind them once, but God, you actually reminded them six times, three times at the beginning, three times again, that that we can have a courage and a strength found in you during these times of change based on your promises walking in your best for our lives, God. Lord, full of your presence. And Lord, I just pray, God, over each one, Lord, during this, the, their changes personally. And Lord, I pray over our church family. Lord, as it's a season of change over us, God, I, God, I hold to the fact that your timing is perfect, God. Even sometimes when I struggle with it, God, even sometimes when it's hard, God, I say thank you, God that we get to be a a part of the ride, that we get to be a part of the journey, God. So God, right now, I just speak, Lord, your blessing, God, over this next season, God. God, I speak, God, over this next season, God, that you would do incredibly beyond what we can ask, imagine, or dream, that you'd fill with hope, you'd fill with courage of strength found in you, oh God. God, and bring us to the promised land. In your name. Amen. Just as we conclude this morning, if you'd like prayer this morning, I'm just going to invite maybe some of our leaders across the front. And um, maybe you are going through some changes and you need prayer this morning. Um, 
There's one just to pray with you today. Thanks for being with us next weekend. Remember our refresh weekend. It's going to be a great weekend together as we seek the presence of God. God has great things in store, folks. And um, let's hold to that. Amen. Amen. Last week, or maybe um, didn't hear um, some of the announcements. So I said that I wasn't going to cry this morning. So Thursday, I said the same, and then I was like, um, so we, Carla and I, been a season of transition, and so we announced that uh, we've accepted a position um, within our association of churches to move on uh, from community, and so <laughs> Gary's prayers have been answered, and uh, um, but we're going to torment Gary until we go, so that'll be good. No. Um, it's been a it's been a journey. It's really been a journey, and and so we feel this is where God's leading us. But I was saying to a few people this week, um, knowing the right decision to make um, doesn't necessarily make it the easy decision to make. And in fact, many times in our lives, and, and actually most times in our lives, the right decision isn't the easy decision. The right decision oftentimes is the hard decision, the challenging decision. It's the thing sometimes that um, it. But ultimately, we know that God leads and directs. And when you take those steps of faith, God honors that and God blesses that. But it's not without challenge. And this week, it's, it's been a wrestling match of that. We talk about forward in 2017. The Apostle Paul, he writes in Philippians, he says, not that I've already obtained all of that or I've been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. The idea is there's motion involved. There's, there's not just staying still, but we constantly say, okay, God, what do you have? God, how are you pushing us forward? God, uh, I'm someone that, uh, you, you know, you love change, but you hate it when it affects you. You love to make changes that affect others sometimes, but you hate it when it affects you. And um, in life, um, as, as the Lord sometimes puts his finger on areas of our lives that, that need change, and it, it's not easy. This week, it's been kind of, um, uh, it's been emotional. Just, it's been so great as so many of you have sent us emails and, and contacted us. And then also, conversely, um, you know, people in the community that aren't part of the church and just working through as we chat that, that story out of change. As I kind of became a little bit, you know, um, you go a little sentimental when you, you, when you do some of these. And so I started looking back at early pictures from community and when we started community and, you know, my kids were literally both in my arms when we started community and, and now uh, I don't think they'd think that was so cool if I picked them up and had them in my arms. And, and so the journey is... is unique, the seasons of leadership and how we move forward. And, and as you look at all the transition and all the changes um, in life and yeah, it gets, um, God's always leading and God's always directing. Change, not easy. As I look back over these last 12 years since we started community and the early days of community to where we are now, um, this idea of a dream of a life-giving church where God is made famous, lives are transformed, and people matter. This is what we started out and said, okay, we're going to start out with just a handful of us and see what God will do. And, and, and we've seen God do uh, some incredible things. As I look back on all the changes that have taken place, some of the pictures of some of you, uh, you know, when we started community, I did not have one single gray hair uh, when we started community. 
And yeah, and then look what Gary's done to me. And uh, all these changes over time. And so I thought about, started thinking about change. So before we get into God's word, we always get you talking a little bit at your table. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of the top 15, the biggest, now this is uh, by popculture.com. So it's not a scientific study. It's just a kind of like a family feud one out of people surveyed. What's the 15 biggest inventions over the last hundred years? So since 1917 till today, uh, the 15 biggest inventions or most impactful uh, inventions since 1917. Go, see what you can come up with. Since 1917, the biggest things you can think of. Top 15 biggest inventions uh, since 1917. I'll give you another 30 seconds. What can you come up with? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, time's up. See how you did on our little quiz this morning. Okay, top uh, 15 things over the last 100 years, biggest inventions. Okay, the refrigerator uh, for home use. Refrigerator. Mm, I love fridge. Okay, uh, 1927. Television was invented. Television, and so uh, the advent of TV, and also on the same vein, uh, motion pictures with sound. So movies with sound. Um, that that change was a game changer. Uh, on the media side is again, 1948 records. So some of you they're kind of coming back in. Some of you are pulling out your old LP record collection. Uh, 1945 microwaves invented. Um, yeah, that's my main cooking source. Um, 1913 the zipper. Uh, so zipper on clothes uh, changed things. Um, night. A 2003 BlackBerry 6210, the first mainstream smartphone. Uh, so smartphone, if you had that. Uh, 1950 batteries, alkaline batteries were invented. 1938, uh, the Brillo ballpoint pen, the first kind of mainstream ballpoint pen. Uh, 2001 Apple iPod, uh, um, MP3s and digital music. Uh, 1917 radio tuners and radios, uh, 1930 jet engine, um, 1975 the digital camera, Kodak came out with its first digital camera. I, I was kind of amazed that it was 1975. Um, uh, 1938 nuclear fusion, um, the advent of uh, nuclear power, and um, 1983 Commodore 64 or the first personal computer. So having a, a home personal computer, and number one, 1969, the invention, according to Al Gore, his invention, but the internet, the internet. Okay, so see how you did on a little uh, quiz this morning. How many people got at least four? You got at least four out of that bunch. Six, seven, 
eight, nine. How many did you guys get? Twelve. I think cheaters, though. Um, how many did you guys get in the back? Nine. Give it up for our non-cheater table at the back who won. So... We're talking this morning about big changes. Here's what I want want you to talk about. Just um, maybe since you started attending community, or if it's uh, if you're just really new to community, maybe in the last little bit, what are some of the biggest changes? Not necessarily uh, community centric, but some of the biggest changes that have happened in your life. So some big things that have gone on in your life in the last few years. Go ahead and chat. So many things have changed in the last uh, 12 years. It's amazing how a decade in, in a little bit can change so many things. I remember when we started Community Church in the early days, I used to always have this little uh, video clip intro into my uh, messages, and, and it was kind of pre the digital time frame when you could uh, just you know put it into computers digitally like we do now. But uh, so I would actually, and DVDs were a little complicated to do it to get in the right spot. So I would actually use old VHS tapes. And some of you are like, what is a VHS tape? But um, VHS tapes, and, and I would put them in, and I would get the timings just perfect, and I would set up this little clip. It took me forever to kind of do it. And then I would say to the sound man, okay, at this time, cut it off. And I remember one time I used this little clip, and, and I said to the sound man, and I said, okay, whatever you do, Paul, make sure you stop it at this time. And he's like, okay. And I said, for real, you've got to stop at this time. He's like, okay. And so we were at our other building at 59 Dundas, uh, right by the Canadian Tire. And so we're, it's an, it was an old RV dealership and our, our sound booth was kind of up on a separate level. And, and so the thing's going and I know that it's gone past. And I'm like, Paul, cut it, cut it, cut it. And then the video clip went with like, a whole string of like pretty intense expletives. And then he was like, oh, I was supposed to cut it. So he stops right there. And that's all people remembered for the whole time. And I was like, Lord, invent something new. So thankfully he did. Um, so that we don't have to have that kind of thing happen all the time. There's moments in the journey. I remember the first time uh, Alan Walker, who's always like the guy that loves new gadgets and new things. He was the first person I've ever met with an iPod. And he's like, look at this. I have a thousand songs in one of these boxes. I was like, amazing. You know, and so much has changed in just 12 years since we started community. But the thing is, change doesn't stop. It's continually, you know, the famous quote, that change is the only thing that's constant in life. It's the one thing that continually, there's, there's always God actually keeps on pushing us to new areas and new things in him. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning. Uh, passage, probably don't turn to Deuteronomy all that often, but Deuteronomy chapter 31. We read this story of successionary leadership and change in the nation of Israel. And so at that point, um, 
Moses has in, been in leadership. Moses has been in leadership basically for everybody that's theirs whole lives. Moses has taken the people through immense changes. And so they were under the... Uh, under slavery and bondage to the Egyptians. And Moses had come and God had used him in incredible ways. There had been the whole plagues. There had been the, the time of the Red Sea when the, the Egyptians were chasing them and, and Moses stretched out his staff and whoosh, Red Sea, they crossed on dry ground. Amazing, amazing miracles. The whole, the whole time of his life had been captured by, by incredible miracles. In fact, they were, they were thinking they were going to starve, and God brought manna from heaven, this, this, this food from the sky, if you will, day in and day out for 40 years. Then he led them by fire in the sky at a moment, and also by a cloud he'd led them, that he'd spoken to them, and they'd seen incredible things and incredible miracles. The idea of the promised land had always been in their focus. 40 years earlier, they'd been at a moment with Kadesh Barnea and they'd, they, they, they'd just about to cross into and he said, sent 12 spies ahead. And 12 spies came back and 10 of them were super afraid and said, we shouldn't do it, we can't do it. And two, Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that said, okay, we can do this. And God said, as a punishment, you guys are gonna wander for a whole generation. So it comes to the end of this and, and as the generation had been there and passed on, all they'd ever known is Moses' leadership now. And so they get to this spot, they get to this point in the road and God says to Moses, Moses, your season of leadership is done. Moses, it's time for a successionary plan. Moses, I want you to take Joshua out in front of all the people, lay hands on him and speak blessing over his leadership to take the people into the promised land. I can imagine Moses uh, just, and this week probably more than most weeks, I feel, not that I'm comparing myself to Moses, but you know, when you've been leading and, and a part of something, it just, and the Lord said, hey Moses, succession time. And so Moses comes out and Joshua's there and, and the people, he does it not privately, not in some back room kind of deal, but before all the people. And he says, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm too old now, but the Lord, his hand is upon Joshua. And he begins to confer a blessing. And three times in this passage, he said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Take heart, Moses, or take heart, people of Israel. The Lord is with Joshua. Joshua, take heart, have courage, be strong, because the Lord is with you. And he reminds them that God is going to be with him. Deuteronomy 34, Moses dies and Joshua in leadership. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, it says because Moses had laid his hands on him. So Israel listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded. That the people didn't say, ah, oh, you know, he's not gonna be a good leader. He's not gonna be like Moses was a leader. He's not gonna, look at what, all the miracles that happened under Moses. They, Joshua, he can't do it. No, it says the people actually listened, responded, and supported the new leader. And it said that the Lord actually was with Joshua and did great things. How do we move forward uh, in times of succession and trans transition and change? 
Matthew 11, verse uh, 12 says that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. In other words, it's not static. It's not something that, that's stagnant. But in fact, God is always calling us to move forward. It says forceful men lay hold. In other words, keep on going forward. Be intentional and in saying, okay, God, what do you have in store for my life? Proverbs 4, verse 25 and 26 says, let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and your ways will be established. In other words, that we're to keep focused and say, okay, God, what do you have for me moving forward? God, it's, it's this constant motion moving ahead that it's not stagnant. It's once again, not stagnant, it's not sitting there, but say, God, okay, I'm gonna keep focused on what you have for me ahead. Romans 8, it's a warning to say, don't get so absorbed with the things of this world that you forget to keep listening to the voice of God, that you forget to keep focused on what God is doing. It says, behold, the, the night is almost over. The dawn is upon us. God wants to do something new in our lives if we'll just stay attentive and listen to him. Lamentations 3, and 24 says this, the steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love how it's sandwiched. You know how you're supposed to, you know, when, you, when you're giving someone a challenge, you're supposed to sandwich it with really good things on either side, and then you, you insert the challenge in the center, and this is kind of what God does. He says, the Lord is steadfast. We can trust in him. He's a constant. But there's new things that are gonna take place, and then it says, but God's faithful, and we can put our trust and our hope in him. This idea of trusting in him on the new things that God wants to do in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, last one says this, for we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, over our lives, that there's perpetual motion. It's, a, it's saying, you know, you're not sitting there. You're not just uh, doing nothing. You're not just holding ground. But in fact, you're walking. You're constantly saying, okay, God, I'm gonna be intentionally moving forward but we don't just do it by what we see. We don't just judge and say, okay, I want to move forward with what looks like the best thing. In fact, we say, okay, God, I want to walk in faith of what you would have for my life. That means steps where we don't have it all figured out. That means steps when it's difficult, but we trust in him and say, God, we're going to trust what you have for our lives. How do you thrive during seasons of change? How do, you, how do you say, you know what, I want to shine during change? Not just survive a change, not just like get through a change, but how do you actually say, okay, in this change, I want to I wanna, I wanna shine brighter. I want to I wanna go forward in new great ways. I don't want, just want to kind of plateau or, or stay the same or lose ground even, but in fact, I want to I shine. It's amazing, as great as Moses' leadership was, they saw more miracles they saw the, the fulfillment of the promise of God under Joshua's leadership. And I want to believe over this house and over your lives individually that over this next season that God wants to make you shine during seasons of change. Not just survive this, but actually thrive as a church and individually in your lives as God brings change our way. How do we do that? A couple things. Number one, if we're going to shine during seasons of change, we have to understand that all leaders have a season. I don't think it was easy for Moses that day to get up and say to the people who he's led for forever, 
okay, I'm stepping down and Joshua is going to be the leader. I don't think it was easy for him. In fact, this week I probably feel that more than uh, I maybe ever did before when I read this passage. I'm sure Moses was pretty gutted. I'm sure Moses, there was a moment of like, oh, okay, God, I know what the right thing is to do, but it's hard to do it. See, all throughout scripture, we see the greater story of every leader has a season. You know, the great apostle Paul, he writes in 1 Corinthians uh, 3.6, he says, for I, Paul, I planted, it, but then Apollos, he watered, but it was the Lord who made it grow. In other words, we all have a part to play, but it's really God doing the work. Do you remember David and his leadership? David wanted to build the temple and the Lord said, David, It's not your deal. And David wanted really bad to build the temple. And the Lord said, no, David. And and he allowed Solomon, his son, his successor, to be the one to build the temple. Even though David had all these victories, even though he had all these great things, it was actually under Solomon's leadership that the temple got built. Every leader has a season. Each season has its own mission and opportunity. Each season, each leader is is marked by a different uh, uh, gifting probably over their life. I'd probably say over my life, there's some entrepreneurial giftings. I think I have an ability to to see things that aren't in existence and start with a little bit and kind of make a go of little bits. And the next season will probably be a little different. And just like Joshua and Moses' leadership, there was differences. God uh, brought blessing upon those. Recognize the timing of each season. I've seen so many leaders who have white-knuckled and held on to even when God said, okay, it's time to move on. And then there's challenge as a result. But when we do so in God's timing and we say, okay, God, I recognize the timing of this. Each leader has a season. We also see that God's plan is bigger than any one of us. Exodus chapter three, there's this idea as the Lord speaks even to Abram about the promised land. And then uh, Genesis 35 to Isaac and Jacob about the promised land. We realize that this story is bigger than one person. This idea of the journey to the promised land, it was bigger than, than Abram. It was bigger than Isaac and Jacob. It was bigger than Moses. But everyone has a part to play in the journey. Every leader's got a season. It was a year ago. Carla and I, we went down to some friends of ours. Um, it was a friend of ours' birthday party in Florida. And it was a pretty nice deal. Um, she was having her 40th birthday party. And so she brought in 40 of her friends from around the world. Uh, all of us have kind of gone in different parts of the world since then. And and so it was it was, it was so fun. It was great. And we had the celebration time in Florida, but then we also had the time where we got together just to pray and, and we kind of had church down at the beach. It was awesome. And her place on the beach and we just had this great morning and great time of worship together. And a, a guy that's been pretty influential in Carl and I's life um, right since we were teenagers. He was there and his name's Al. He's planting a church out on the West Coast right now. And, and Al, as he was praying for us, he said, Jay and Carla, I just feel like, 
I want to give you this word over your life. And I'm always cautious, I think, when people give words over your life a little bit, but uh, this is a person that I trust wholeheartedly. And he's like, I feel like God's going to bring and stir a transition within, he said, just in this next year over your life. It's going to be a major transition for you guys. And so just to be ready for what God has for you. And so over the course of this year, it's been incredible how almost right since that time, it's just been marked by a season of like constant opportunity that have come to Carl and I. Not that we deserved it, not that we looked for it at all. It was like every couple of weeks we had somebody offering us a different job and, and from church world to business world to political world to you name it. It was like wide spectrum and, and it was really easy every single time to say no. Like easy, easy, easy. And then right at Christmas time, as I was sharing last week, I had a meeting with our superintendent, Lori Gibbons, who's here last week, and I met with him fairly regularly, and, and so got together, and that day he's like, Jay, I feel like this is something that God put on my heart to ask you. And as I went home to talk to Carla, I said, oh, you'll never guess what, um, what happened. She just started to cry, and she said, I know that he's going to ask you to do this job, isn't he? And I said, yeah. And she's like, God already spoke to me weeks ago that this was going to come and that we needed to walk in. And so we wrestled with that. That night, our friend, um, who was living in Australia at the time, he called, and he never calls. He calls me most of the time, and, and, uh, but he called Carla that night. And he was in Australia, so it was morning there, and I here, and he, he called and he said, he said to Carly, he's like, you know, he said, two years ago, he said, you were talking to my wife, Elisa, and I, and he said, you know, you were talking, Carla, about leading worship in northern environments and places where they didn't have a lot of musicians or help, and, and he said, you know, Elisa and I were praying about that today, and we just felt like we needed to call you and say, we got your back, and and that, that God's got something neat in store for you. And like, it, it's amazing how two years before God already, he, he's got a season to things. So fast forward, we, we were on this, uh, we went on holidays at Christmas. And so we said, you know, Christmas was crazy. So we said, we're not even going to think about it or talk about it until we go on holidays. And so Carl and I are on the drive down to Florida and the kids were in the back seat and they were watching TV and had headphones on. Probably not the best parenting moment, but anyways, <laughs> we're driving along, and, and as, as they're in the back seat doing their thing, we were just praying, and we were just, you know, calling out to God together, and the kids had headphones on, so we were just kind of uh, loudly just, you know, calling out to the Lord, and just as we were doing that, we got a text from our friend Al from a year before, and he's like, hey, this morning, just praying for you guys, I just that he said, this may be a season of transition for you just to embrace what God would have. And we're just like, oh, okay, Lord, I think you're trying to get our attention. We didn't respond to the text, but fast forward to a week ago, uh, Tuesday. We had a week ago, Wednesday was the day we needed to kind of have the meeting around the decision. And, and a week ago, Tuesday, as, we, as I was praying, once again, Al calls and he's like, Jay, he said, do you remember a year ago, you know, I had this word over your life. And he said, I just can't, I can't shake it. And he said, I felt like I needed to call you today and say, he said, he said, that was a year uh, ago tomorrow. So the day that we needed to make the decision, he said, he said, I just, 
is there something going on in your world right now that he said, because I'm just feeling God just saying, just to have peace over things. Isn't it great how God sometimes comes and just, because I'm a little thick and I, I, I need God to kind of remind often and in his grace sometimes when you really wrestle, when you really struggle, when you're like, I know what the right thing is to do, but I struggle doing it. God has a patience around our lives. And that's just a couple of things. There's been probably 12 or 13 different kind of confirmation moments along this journey for us. Every leader has a season. I bet you it was hard for Moses that day. I, I, I can only imagine how hard it was for him in front of everybody to say, okay, Joshua's gonna be the leader now. But every leader has a season. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, for there's a time and a season for every matter under heaven. All leaders have a season. Secondly, every season has challenges. The very next words, he says, okay, Joshua's gonna be the leader, but everybody, there's gonna be a lot of challenges that come his way. Be strong, courage, be strong, courage, be strong, courage. There's gonna be challenges. See, he says to the people of Israel, okay, now there was challenges under Moses' leadership. There was drought, there was famine, there was all sorts of, there was the enemy attack, but under Joshua's leadership, he said, guess what? There's gonna be more of that. There's gonna be walls and obstacles. The very first thing they faced is Jericho with these giant walls and huge obstacles. There's gonna be walls and obstacles moving forward. Every change has them. There's also gonna be giants in opposition. They had to go in. Remember, they said, we feel like grasshoppers compared to this, this army. They, we, we, these Nephilim, they're huge. There's gonna be giants in opposition for you to overcome if you're gonna move forward with what God has for you. There's also gonna be uncharted territory and change. It's amazing. The very first moment of Joshua's leadership he says, okay, now I want you to cross the Jordan River. Now, take it back. Remember when Moses, Moses' leadership, he just holds the staff up, whoosh, the water like parts and they cross. Not, nobody gets even a drop of water on them. Fast forward Joshua's leadership. Okay, this is my very first moment of leadership. This is my very first moment. And, and the Lord says, okay, you got to cross the Jordan River. It's at flood stages. It's not just an easy moment. It's actually at flood stages. And then he said to Joshua, okay, here's what's, what's going to happen. Joshua was like, okay, I like that. You know, put the staff up. Every whoosh. Lord says, no, I want you to walk into the water. What? And I'm sure all the people following are like, does Joshua know what he's doing? Seriously, like Moses, none of us got wet and it's flood stages. And as they go into the water and as the water gets deeper and deeper and deeper and the Lord says, trust me, Joshua. And Joshua says, guys, keep going. And they're like, seriously? See, it's gonna be different ways that God comes through in the miracles. There's gonna be moments that it's like, whoa, we never did it like this before. Whoa, this is, this is hard. Whoa, this doesn't seem like it's gonna pan out. This doesn't, and God will come through with incredible miracles. Every season has challenges. Every leader has a season. And then finally this morning, every season requires strength. I love in God's graciousness three times, not once, not twice, three times, he speaks to Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. 
that actually the very first time he says to Moses, he speaks it three times through Moses. And then as Joshua takes the helm of leadership, the Lord reminds Joshua one more time. And in Joshua chapter one, he comes once more. Three times the Lord speaks directly to Joshua and says, be strong and courageous. He says it in three different contexts. The first one in, one, in Joshua 1.6, he says, be strong and courageous because you'll lead these people and inherit the land I swore to the answers to give. In other words, he says, be strong and courageous because it's out of the promises of God over your life. See, there's a call and a destiny over your life so you can walk with the strength. You know, there's a call and a destiny and a fingerprint over this church that there's been words spoken over this church, that, that God's providing incredible miracles. Out of the promises of God, we can walk in a courage and a strength. The second way, he, he says, be strong and courageous in, in verse seven and eight, obeying all the laws of God. See, we can be strong and courageous based on obedience. See, when we're obedient to what God has for us, there's blessing, there's protection, there's freedom. Joshua 3.5 says, sanctify yourself because the Lord's gonna do amazing things amongst us. That when we actually walk in obedience to his call over our lives, incredible things happen. Be strong and courageous on promise, obedience. And then the third way, he said in verse nine, he said, because my presence will go with you. And we can be strong and courageous based on the fact that we know God, his presence is with us. And when you get close to God, he's saying you can walk in anything when you have the presence of God with us. When we walk and say, okay, God, I, I just know your presence in this place. Nothing is too difficult. Notice he sent the Ark of the Covenant out first. In other words, a sign, his presence. Every season will require strength. And the Lord comes and reminds us be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Are you facing change this morning? In our church family, we, there's a new season. My prayer is that we don't just maintain during change. My prayer isn't that we go backwards during change. My prayer is that we shine during change. God has great things in store for this place, in this house. I'm, I'm convinced, maybe even more so convinced today than I even was any other time. Carlo, he, um, when he was making his decision, I didn't know that this was going to be happening in my life just a week and a half later, but uh, right before, I, Carlo said, Jay, I just want you to tell me about, you know, your vision and your dream for this place, and as Carlo was wrestling with where to go in his world. And I remember talking to him and I got really emotional as I was talking to him, which I don't think I normally get, you know what I mean, when talking with our staff. But I got really emotional. I just, and, and, it, and he probably asked for like a five minute answer and I gave him about a two hour answer. And, and I just started to just, just, just share, you know, what I believe in the dream that God has over this house. And it's amazing how sometimes the, as the Lord had spoken the promise to Moses, but then he says, okay, it's not your season. And then you'll know that it wasn't by your strength that it happened, Jay. It's because you're part of a greater plan, something bigger than yourself. 
Can we pray this morning? God, right now, we just pray over um, each one in this house. Lord, we pray, God, your plan and your purpose is moving forward. God, we pray, God, Lord, that we would uh, shine during seasons of change, Lord, that you're calling us to. Lord, that over this next season at Community Church, God, that, that, Lord, it would be marked, God, by a strength found in you on your promises, God, that you've spoken over this house. God, it would be marked, God, not just uh, on the promises, but also on obedience and us walking in the plan that you have for us. And Lord, out of your presence, we would walk, Lord. God, help us to embrace the challenges that come our way, knowing that they're opportunity for you to bring blessing and miracle. And God, Lord, I don't know who the next leader is in, in the season that you have, but Lord, I just know that you're already preparing their heart, that you're getting him or her ready for this new season and this new challenge ahead. And so Lord, right now, Lord, be speaking to their heart, be, be confirming that to our lead team, we pray. God, over ones in this place individually, God, in their own lives who are walking through seasons of change right now. God, I pray that they would know your presence. I pray that they would, they would shine during this change that you're bringing them through personally, God. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed, just think of privacy those in the house this morning. If you're here and you say, Jay, I'm, I'm in my own personal journey going through some, some change and I, just, I, need, I need God to help me shine through this change. Just as he responded and re replied to Joshua, you just need the courage and the, and the strength of God to come in during this change. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, just kind of look up. Yeah. Lots of us in the house this morning. God, you see these ones. God, I pray today you would just come alongside and strengthen. God, as I look at this church family this morning, God, I just pray, God, God, as they venture into the new area and the new promised land that you would have for them, God, the new, God, future in store, God, Lord, may we always walk in obedience to you. God, full of your presence based on your promises, God, in our lives. God, I pray, Lord, the best over this house. morning, if you'd like prayer, I'm just going to invite some of our leaders just to be across the front. Maybe you're going through a change in your own journey, and, and this morning you'd just like someone to be praying with you. Come, there'll be people that pray. Next weekend, remember our refresh weekend, Thursday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night, just times where we seek God's presence, uh, especially during this season of transition that we would just call out to God. So I want to encourage you to be a part of our Refresh Weekend next weekend. Thanks for being with us this morning. If you'd like prayer, there's going to be a, some uh, leaders across the front, and we'd love to pray with you. Go in the grace, go in the peace, go in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ as you go. Amen. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.